Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. These words of Jesus seem like a complete contradiction somehow. Some might even say it sounds like upside-down thinking. For you and I who would seek to follow Jesus, it says everything we need to know about true discipleship. So let's talk about that. Our message today is based on that verse that comes from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 10, verses 24 through 39. And it's entitled, Living Faithfully While Standing on Your Head. How about this morning we talk a bit about paradox? As the dictionary defines it, friends, a paradox is a statement or proposition that contradicts itself and may even sound absurd in nature, but in fact is true. It's a statement of fact that, to that goes totally against the grain of how we usually understand and interpret things. It's a paradox, for instance, that a creature as small and as seemingly insignificant as an ant should be able to carry 50 times its own weight. Or for that matter, it's a paradox that a tiny mosquito can have the ability to cause so much discomfort when we're outdoors this time of year. It's a paradox that sometimes it's the people with everything that money and power and prestige can provide who end up with nothing but misery and heartache in their lives. While those who by worldly standards have next to nothing at all easily claim happiness without hesitation. In other words, friends, paradox is what happens when what happens is not how we expect things to go. Paradox is what boggles the mind when it defies our way of thinking and yet stands there as undeniable truth. It is no wonder uh, that the great early 20th century author G.K. Chesterton once defined paradox as, quote, truth standing on her head to get attention, unquote. I love that. Because, friends, these are the truths that require us to think inside out and upside down. And if that's true, friends, then I think it can safely be said that the Christian faith is actually a pretty topsy-turvy religion. Now, I know how that sounds, so think about that with me for a moment, because the truth is that in a great many ways, Christianity is very paradoxical in nature. It's a paradox that at the center of our faith is one who was the Son of God, Jesus Christ by name, yet was not a political ruler like David, nor a powerful leader of the religious establishment of his time, but rather he was a lowly carpenter. 
It's a paradox that this one who, who spent his ministry healing the sick, raising the dead, bringing goodness, joy, and salvation to a hurting world would be, in fact, summarily executed in a horrific fashion at the hands of the very people to whom he brought that goodness. And also that he should be executed with the tools of his own trade nails and hammers and crossbeams of wood. And perhaps the, the biggest paradox of them all, that the instrument of Jesus' death, the cross, it remains to this day for us a symbol of life, life abundant and everlasting. And it's why to this very day we cherish the old rugged cross. It's a paradox, to be sure. And then there's our text for this morning from Matthew's Gospel. A series of admittedly, well, shall we say, less than uplifting teachings of Jesus. I know even as I was reading it, you're probably thinking to yourself, Jesus actually said that? I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. <laughs> what? I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother. Well then, happy Father's Day, everyone. One's foes will be members of one's own household. So much for home is where the heart is. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. You know, we're not talking a real celebration of family here, friends. And for the moment here, let's not even talk about that verse about fearing the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. But then there's this, the last verse of, of what we read this morning, and it seems to sum the whole thing up. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who would lose their life for my sake will find it. Friends, if you came online this morning hoping to hear some words of comfort from the Bible, oh, this might not be your day. Because what we've got here is confrontation, pure and simple. For the same Jesus who assures us in this same passage that even the hairs on your head are all counted by our Heavenly Father and that we not ever need be afraid, then goes on to warn us that whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And that, folks, is paradox. Uh, but then again, I think you'll agree with me when I say that that's the nature of faith, isn't it? It's grace coupled with responsibility. It's forgiveness that goes hand in hand with repentance. It's the call to follow Jesus that leads to true discipleship and a brand new life that comes with risk as well as reward. I mean, the idea that glory comes out of suffering, that, that our victory is won out of defeat, that gain comes in our loss, these are the paradoxes that lay at the very foundation of our Christian belief. And yet it is precisely in these kinds of upside-down, inside-out truths that we gain our greatest insight into things like love, like courage, like strength, and, and faith itself. 
What we can take from Jesus' words to us this morning is that there is indeed a cost as well as a joy in discipleship. That's part of our uh, statement of faith in the United Church of Christ. But it's also true, friends, that amidst all the difficulties we face, we are loved and protected by God. And we know this because of Jesus. Jesus, who said to his disciples, who says to us, everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. It's a wonderful promise, great truth. But keep in mind here, there's a flip side to this promise and a warning. But whoever denies me before others, Jesus goes on to say, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Again, with the paradoxes. Unconditional love on the one hand, but the need for complete accountability on the other. But that's what Jesus' words about families set against one another for the sake of discipleship. That's what it's all about. Bottom line is that when it comes to our faith, we need to be asking those difficult questions that Jesus sets forth, the kind of questions that will make us a little bit uncomfortable. Like, have we denied Jesus before others? Do we, in fact, uh, love others more than Christ? Have we, at some crucial moment of our lives, refused to take up our crosses to follow Christ where he would lead? And at the crossroads of life and living, can it be said of you and me that we are worthy of Jesus and his acknowledgement? Or is the truth of it that we've been so all-consumed with doing what we want to do, what we think we need to do for our own edification, that we've risked losing everything that truly matters? You see, what we're talking about here in the words of Jesus is about, and also, might, I might add, from a quote from Clarence Jordan, is the difference between being an admirer of Jesus and his disciple. The difference between those whose faith stumbles at the first sign of challenge, struggle, or paradox, and those who are willing and ready to bring a sword of righteousness against that and those who are wrong those who are willing to lose something of themselves and their lives for the sake of everything that can be gained. Is it risky to acknowledge Christ in these strange times in which we live? Sometimes. But then true discipleship has always proven to be risky in some circumstances. But as Jesus makes clear in our text this morning, the stakes involved are very high. They're no less than life itself. It seems to me that what you and I need to be doing, most especially right now, but always, is to be cultivating within ourselves, uh, shall we say, the ability to live faithfully while standing upside down, or being held upside down, I guess, to em embrace the glorious paradox that, that when we risk ourselves to the Lord, when we lose our lives, we discover that the old is made new, that the lost is found, that the weak are made strong, 
the hurts in our lives and those in others are made healthy, and that we find sight in our blindness, hope in the midst of hopelessness, and love and power in times and in places we never thought could be. Because when truth stands on its head to get attention, when we are willing to live faithfully while standing on our head, then the maze and craze of human life, much to our surprise quite often, becomes a pathway to the kingdom. Some years ago, uh, when they were still quite young, another uh, dad and I packed up all of our kids one night to take them to see a double feature at a nearby drive-in movie theater. I can even tell you the two movies. It was Scooby-Doo and Spider-Man, custom-made for a a kid's night out. Now, we always enjoyed going to the drive-in back in those days. But as I recall, as I think about it, and particularly on this particular night, the... Taking these kids to the movies required preparation only slightly less than a three-day camping trip. You know, we had to find the perfect spot, first of all. And then we would back up our minivan and lift the rear hatch up, fold the seats down so the kids could lay in the back and watch the movie in comfort. And then we would tie down the hatch just enough so not to block anybody else's view. I know, all this sounds excessive. Why not just drive up, you know put the little speaker in the window and be done with it. But, you know, this is what you do when you take a bunch of kids to an outdoor movie. This is the stuff that memories are made of, so this is what we did. Now, as you can imagine, this all took quite a while to get set up properly. But just when we had finished, uh, we were just getting ready to kind of settle in. It's just a little before dusk. And here comes one of the managers of the drive-in who asked us very politely if we might move. It seemed that this rather stern-looking couple in a Toyota Celica just in back of us couldn't see, and they had gone to complain to the management. Now, I looked back at this car, where they were, and I noticed that there were probably six slots to their right and three to their left, each one free and empty and a clear, unobstructed view of the screen. Never mind that all the while we had been setting up, they'd been parked behind us, and they'd never said a word about it. They'd never come up and asked us about it or anything like that. And I'll be honest here. When I looked down at this little makeshift campsite that that we'd made, and which now would take several minutes and a goodly amount of effort to tear apart, I'm thinking to myself, well, that's fair, isn't it? But please, the manager said, again, very nicely, we're sorry. We hate to ask. Those people, they're being very, very difficult. So I looked at my friend, and he looked at me, and, well, we said, sure, no problem. We picked up and we moved the whole shebang over about 10 feet. And, you know, while we weren't exactly overjoyed about doing it, we sort of just took it as a matter of course, got the kids to pitch in, and we did it. You know, a little grumbling there, too, though. But then a very strange and interesting thing happened. The owner of this place, another manager, walks over to personally thank us for being so helpful and, in his words, so reasonable. 
few minutes later, I, I go to get all the food, and the kid at the concession stand actually recognized me. Apparently, he had been watching the whole thing. And he pretty much talked my ear off about how much uh, they appreciated what we did and how some people, he said, are just hard to get along with. I got a feeling this wasn't the first time. As I remember, he even snuck an extra bag of popcorn in with our order. And I'm loaded down with the food, and I'm walking back to the car so we could watch the movie. And I'm thinking to myself, well, not only have we done the right thing in that situation, but perhaps we've done a good thing as well. Maybe even the faithful thing. And I suddenly realized that I could no longer grumble about the hassle of what we've been asked to do because my perspective had changed. I'd just seen things differently. Though kind of like the way you see things differently when you're standing on your head. Now, was this some great and heroic religious experience that furthered the cause of Christ? Had I brandished the sword of righteousness to divide between good and evil? Oh, no, of course not. But I will tell you something. It was in some small way acknowledging our faith by our actions and by our attitudes. And I tell you about it this morning because every day, Every single day, each one of us come against countless opportunities, both large and small, to do the same thing. To offer up some word of kindness and support, even if it means risking something of ourselves. Even it means putting aside our comfort for a while. Maybe it even means setting aside our own valued sense of tradition and propriety in order to do it. Truth be told, most of the time, faithful living simply requires from us the ability to, to see things and understand circumstances in an entirely different way than we did before. Our challenge, friends, is always to do as Christ would do. And that can be difficult at times. But the rewards are most certainly worth the risk. For the gospel holds true. Those who would find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen and amen. And that's the message we've entitled, Living Faithfully While Standing on Your Head. And it was recorded on June the 21st as part of our current series of online services of worship at East Church in Concord, New Hampshire. And by the way, if you're looking for a way to worship this summer, we invite you to join us for one of those online services. We come together via Facebook Live every Sunday at 10 in the morning on our East Church Facebook page. And there we have some music, prayer, a message for the day. In these uncertain days, we're finding a whole lot of value in coming together this way. We would love if you would share in it with us. And with that, we're at the end of this episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening to us today. Until next time, be safe, be well, and may God bless you great day, every day. Talk to you soon.